Welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show where we talk about short video games, the kind of thing you might pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend. Games that respect your time. I'm your host, Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week by all the cool co-hosts. Shane Kelly, my twin brother. How are you doing? Doing really great. Thanks for asking. And Nate Heininger. You're looking well. How are you doing, Nate? <laughs> uh, thank you. Just goofing around over here. Yep. And Laura Nash. How you been, Laura? Mm, straight goofing. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we have. Um, we played a weird game this week. It was so weird. Uh, very, very yes. weird. And it's one that's been sitting in my Steam library. I think I picked it up in some kind of a bundle or something some ways back. Um, I, I sat in there for a long, long time, uh, untouched, because I didn't know what to make of it. And that is Jazz Punk. Quite and the now, what in. do you make of it, Reagan? <laughs> yeah, what do I make of it? Um, it's a weird one. It's a humor game. The, the whole point of this game is its humor, and so we're going to talk a little bit about the gameplay, but know that really what makes or breaks this game is whether the jokes land for you, whether you find it funny. Um, but um, I guess before we dive into the gameplay and everything, what where does this game come from? What is What is this thing? Regan, I I think your your intro like no one could possibly want to play this game after hearing <laughs> you say absolutely you're like it's a game that's say, funny yeah it's uh-huh. gonna it's gonna make no. or break it if you tell me if you find this funny guess if I thought it was funny after this <laughs> no I do think it was funny <laughs> right we'll be you're back right. after do a message we- from Squarespace <laughs> <laughs> Shane do you want to take it I'll try it. Okay, so what this was is basically it's a it's a first person adventure game, um, in in the kind of I think tradition of a lot of goofy adventure games where they drop you into crazy situations. You know, maybe maybe takes a little bit from the old Sam and Max. Well, I can see that. I love Sam and Max, and this one's. But the thing about Sam and Max is you were doing goofy stuff, but you usually had some really coherent uh, plot or objective or world to do these insane things in. Uh, jazz punk takes everything to a surrealist, crazy level, and you have no idea what the rules are. You don't know if, you know, at one point I was trying to figure out if I could knock people over with a big Q-tip. I didn't know. I was just trying stuff. I don't know how I'm supposed to, am I supposed to spray some with perfume, hit them with a Q-tip, or if I'm supposed to run into them. All the rules are gone. Let me tell you something that I had a real hard time with this in this game. And this might give listeners an idea of what it's like. I had a real hard time chasing down that mechanical pig to kill it with that ukulele. (laughs) (laughs) So difficult. I was chasing it all over the parking lot of that resort. (laughs) Gameplay wise, uh, you are in first person perspective and uh, you have very simple controls. The same sort of thing you might have in in a very simple first person shooter. So, you know, you can... Uh, walk around, you can pick up objects. Usually those objects are added to your inventory in a way that looks and feels a lot like a gun might in a FPS. They're sticking up from the lower corner of your screen, but mostly they are things like the ukulele and a pool cue and giant you know, cotton swab. Yeah. Uh, uh, odd Wedding objects. Cake. Oh my gosh. And um, you're not doing any shooting in this, or at least not really. You're just using objects in surprising ways and exploring a space. Uh, And I think the easiest way I can kind of explain the aesthetic of the game 
is that it's trying really deliberately to be a mishmash in a way that reminded me a little bit of some of the old not visually very different, but it's the same sort of approach that that like Monty Python had to making their animated shorts. They're taking a lot of random things that would look uh, things that look out of place. Every object in the world feels a little out of place. Yeah, all the people look like bathroom signs. Yeah, yeah and the company is a two person company, uh, Necrophone Games, and they started off making a normal game, and then realized they were having so much fun with the Easter eggs that they just made that the game. And that's what it feels like. Like everything is the sort of weird, funny thing you'd found if you clipped past the edge of a level and found some weird, funny developer in-joke. It's all that developer in-joke. Yeah. This game, to me, felt like the ultimate final evolution of a Newgrounds.com video game with, like, actual 3D graph. I mean, I don't know if actual 3D graphics is the right word for it, but in a 3D Real space. 3D. You know what? You, you say that, actual 3D graphics? This game has six different graphical quality settings when you boot it up <laughs> all the way up to like fantastic yeah and i said it's a fantastic and i was let me tell you blown away <laughs> real high fidelity those yeah those shapes were crisp well there, there is a kind of a hint at what seems like there ought to be a plot um it's a it's about a a private eye? No, not a private eye, like a spy. A 60s yeah. uh, spy a secret, culture. Yeah, we're, we right. haven't hit the, the main yeah. thing. Is it's, Yeah, it's like a Cold yeah. War Cold War spy thriller. And the whole idea is that you're working for this shadowy organization that is run out of a subway car, I guess, that uh, is trying to defend the world from communism, I guess. Yeah, you're playing uh, Agent Polly Blank. Uh, Polly Blank is, I guess, your name. I'm not really sure what that's yes. about. As and far as I could tell. Every, uh, their game has five, I guess, missions, sort of. Each one is, you know, a level. And there is an objective in each one. But really, you're really just, ex you're free to explore each of these levels at your own pace. And the objective is not the objective like you're given an objective to complete you know uh like tail someone or get the case or break in and steal this car cartridge full of top secret russian information like they're generally they're they're high you know concept uh spy movie like goals but they're just like they ultimately paid have no real point in the game like to you're told to infiltrate the embassy and withdraw like top secret information and it's like the easiest thing to do you could i think if you wanted to you could run in and complete that mission in like three minutes but ideally you spend the whole time talking to everyone finding all the little jokes um you know really exploring the world in a sense, and I'm going to make a real stretch here, in a sense, it's a bit like things like Gone Home, where you're exploring a space and <laughs> discovering objects, and you're going to uh, pick them up and look at them and try to make inferences about the people that live there and, and why these objects are in these places. Only here, none of it makes any sense at all, and it's all just the developers trying to have a laugh. And actually, the game is really funny. Like, I, So, my... Prevaricating at the it's beginning. kicking in again. Your your snark. <laughs> yeah, my snark at the beginning is because I'm really not the sort of. Per I really don't usually like games that are specifically trying for humor. Like I really 
I, I didn't find anything particularly appealing about games like Goat Simulator, for example. Like, there's a lot of games where their their whole thing is, this is a funny game, and this is a game that's really, its only thing is, this is a funny game. But it is legitimately very laugh-out-loud funny in a lot of places. Not all of the jokes land for me, but a significant number of them did, um, more than I expected, actually. There were some parts that I didn't think were great, but overall, you know, on balance, this is a really funny game. We should also say this game is two hours long. So it yeah. is like, it is a shotgun humor style, like, you're, it's just rapid fire jokes. Yeah, and it really depends on how much exploration you do. I know there's jokes and little mini games and things that I didn't, uh, didn't find. There's, I did find a lot of them. There's some really funny mini games. A lot of, a lot of, uh, like, callbacks to other, um, video games like uh probably the bit one that made me laugh the most is you go into first person and you become Polly blanca and you have to beat up a car <laughs> yes um yes. and it's you know, obviously street, street fighter. fighter only instead yeah. of just fighting on the street you're fighting with a car well, well there was, know, that's a that's a reference to something that happens in street fighter right? yeah. where you have to beat the shit out of a car the two people <laughs> I, I, beat I mean up i the played car. that once i think yeah <laughs> um they had a lot of references and callbacks there's like a golden eye when you got if you got hurt at a certain point, it showed the little little damage bars from GoldenEye, stuff mm -hmm. like that. It was, it was pretty chock full of references. My absolute favorite has to have been Wedding Quake, which... Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which How it, long did it take you to figure out if it was real or not? A while. A while. <laughs> I was having a really hard time hitting anybody. I mean... Yeah. So let's set it up. Uh, it's, it's a... I mean, it's Quake. You know, first person, it, it makes you feel like you're playing online with other people, and it's all wedding-themed, so you're running around and picking up bottles of champagne and shooting them at other people, um, like popping the top to shoot them at other people. And it even has, in the top left corner, like a chat bar, um, <laughs> and it's people like, LOL, noob, or like, oh, he's a hacker, and it's all kind of spaced out, so um, it you. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I didn't think it was... It very accurately recreates the experience of playing something like Quake in the old days. Except instead of dying, you're forced to get married. Absolutely. And they are going to be releasing this on PlayStation soon. And part of the new, quote, expansion is turning Wedding Quake into a multiplayer four screen mode. <laughs> oh, seriously? That's yes. great. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. So you can have, quote, that. devastating matrimony. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I should mention that I actually saw this at uh, the part of the reason this was back on my radar, even though it came out in 2014, I think. Early and 2014. Was, yeah, and was just like sitting at the bottom of my list on my Steam library was that um, the developers uh, were... It's alphabetical order on Steam. Don't lie to the people. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Um, it was sitting psychologically at the bottom. Um, <laughs> the developers were at uh, PlayStation Experience when I was there and showing off their PlayStation version, which played just fine, and they were very charming and friendly in person. There wasn't really anybody standing around their booth at the time, and so I kind of went over because I was like, oh, I've heard of that game, and these guys look, like, lonely. <laughs> Are you pity? Are you going to sit here on this podcast? Oh my god, Reagan, you've you... shat all over this game. Now you're going <laughs> to shit on them too. I'm sure it was just a it was just the wrong moment. It was just the wrong moment. You pity play jazz. Because punk. once I played it a little bit after that, there the a line formed and people were really Oh, so so because of you. Oh, so yes. you're oh, the yes. influencer, Reagan. I, I am. No, I okay, now I see like a huge jackass, but it really was like that's that's just how it happened to go down. No, it's a fine story. We're just 
taking every opportunity to call you out on on it on on being an asshole which is what i am it's you know i own it it's my uh, it's my brand it's your burden it is your curse <laughs> so it was a nice moment and i it brought the game back onto my radar and i'm glad that we went back and, and played it we don't want to spoil the jokes like this is a game that's all about its jokes and we don't want to spend uh you know an hour talking about this two-hour game and spoil every joke in it but maybe it would be kind of fun to uh, mention a joke or two from each of the levels or a, a funny bit or thing that we noticed that we liked from some of the levels. It is, it's so rapid fire and disconnected. I don't want to say it's family guy cause it's not, you know, but it does kind of, kind of feel like that where they're just like, here's a hundred different jokes at different angles that you're not going to expect. And half of uh, 80% of them won't be funny. Um, to you, but 20% of them will be really funny to you. Yeah, and, and they really run the gamut. From the just broad comedic humor, I remember I just died laughing when you're in a hotel in one of the levels and you open the door and there's a concierge standing just outside the door and the door smacks him and he goes absolutely flying off the third floor window uh, or balcony. And I don't know why, but that was just really <laughs> funnily animated. There's a lot of good slapstick in this game. Oh, my favorite favorite moment was uh, like right at the start, you're trying to infiltrate the embassy, right? And I'm like, oh, well, there looks like this place is full of crazy Easter eggs. What if I go? What if I go this way? So I just instead of going straight ahead to the embassy, went off to the side. Oh, people are getting in line. They're going to a movie. Oh, so I go in that movie. It's a new thing. It's a what thing? It's a swing thing. Did you guys find this? <laughs> no, I didn't I did. find that. Oh my god. It's an everybody's gotta have one thing. It's a swing thing. It's the new thing. It was like you had to sit in this theater and watch this like incredibly horrible like old toy ad. <laughs> for this thing that kids have strapped to their heads that like you it's like it's like a skip it that straps to your head. <laughs> I totally missed on that. I, I ran all over the place. Oh my God. And you sit there and like, you can't get up right away. You have to no, watch you this can't. thing a it few times. There. And, and you start like, I'm clicking to get up and like, nothing's happening. E, 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 e. <laughs> and, and like you pull out a cigar and you light it <laughs> and you're smoking <laughs> and people are turning around and like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and you finally get out of the theater and the, the they're like, oh, you, you can't, you know, you already paid to get in, sir. <laughs> it was amazing. There's there's a lot of more subtle little stuff, too. Every single uh, character has at least a line or two of amusing dialogue or, or a little caption on them. Even most of the objects have little captions. I took a few screenshots of them, and, and one that was just sort of quietly funny and also just made me die laughing for a while was that there's a bunch of potted plants in the lobby in the embassy and if you look at one of them it just shows some text that says i'm a political prisoner yes <laughs> i also liked the um you go all the way in a corner on that same level and you just go to a side alley and a guy just turns around and goes did you steal my laptop like <laughs> that's what's all just he says little jokes like that that aren't really necessarily you know knee slappers but just in aggregate there's just a joke every five seconds in this yes so it does it does find a way to make you laugh even if you're like me um you know awful and dead inside <laughs> dead inside <laughs> yeah. a garbage person who never laughs they also um you know they're there's some funny, like, almost cameos, I guess, where um, the one that, like, sticks out the most to me is um, 
uh, like the clearly Hunter S. Thompson, and he's um, everywhere. And what's his and his partner in Fear and Loathing, um, Doctor Gonzo. Uh, like those guys are both in the resort, and uh, whenever you hear, whenever we talk to the Hunter S. Thompson character, it just like starts gibbering, and everybody has uh, captions, um, but his just says nonsense like half the time he's talking. <laughs> And he always has a cigarette on one of those little extenders in his mouth. It's, it's like funny. Can you have you have you seen my mouth? Because <laughs> <laughs> the characters don't have mouths. They're basically they're basically look like they're wooden blocks. At, at best, they're like a weeble wobble. Yeah, they're like indie cake toppers. <laughs> Each level is pretty distinct, and they they don't just have their own weird uh, settings. Uh, they also have their own weird objectives and everything. Um, but there is one level that stands out as particularly weird and out of place, and I kind of wonder about it. The Wetworks level. Uh, oh, yeah. At some point, you kind of escape the game, seemingly. Uh, it reminded me of uh, the Stanley Parable a little bit in you know the way that it kind of like nods at its own gaminess and starts getting odder and stranger. I don't know what was going on in the Wetworks. What was the Wetworks all about? I think they were trying to... Part of me thinks that they were trying to like snag on to like the the portal style like jokes, you know, like everything in there was like um like a computer joke. Like let me use the word um, you know, a light bulb with pants down. It says unzip me or zip me up, you know, like everything is like computer jokes over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, that a lot of a lot of tech puns. Uh, a lot of sort of visual... Tech puns is a better way to put it than computer jokes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite was that there's a point in there where you, you hit a button and then it shows what looks exactly like the kernel. Now, I'm on a Mac version when I played this. Uh, it'll probably be similar but different for the PC version. But uh, you hit this button and it shows something that looks exactly like the Mac OS X kernel panic screen, the screen you get if your computer is totally hosed, the equivalent of the blue screen of death. And uh, But then you realize that it doesn't read, uh, you know, your computer has stopped due to a problem. It reads, your computer has stopped working and needs a smack. Apply your hand firmly against the side of the machine to let the graphics processor know you mean business. <laughs> and so then I realized I could actually back away from this. And it's actually a weird little character holding the kernel panic screen by like on a stick <laughs> by a, on a stick with a, with a line on it, like a fishing rod in front of your view. There's a lot of weird little moments in that 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 particular um, that particular level didn't really fit with the rest of the game, so I kind of wonder why they went off in that direction because it actually goes right back to being a spy noir like thing. After that, it doesn't it doesn't stay off in this weird sort of we're inside a computer kind of realm for the rest of the game. Yeah, it it felt um, just like it was an in between thing, like. Just you're just passing through a little joke tunnel, and you... <laughs> that's good. Good alternate title. It's interesting that you bring up kind of the in between spaces of the game because it actually had a lot of really cool ones. As you come out of the first level in the Soviet embassy, it takes you, I think, to like um, uh, sit by a lake and feed koi fish. Oh, right, out of a bag for a, for a moment and. Like some of the best physics in the game are the little pieces of bread bouncing on the surface of the water and the, the fish like swarm to eat them. I thought it was done very nicely and it wasn't a joke. 
it was just a moment of peace. And it happens again later when you're in a in between two levels and you go to like a Asian temple. Yeah, it's lovely. You get to light incense and kneel and do a gong. But if you you can rush through it, you could just, you know, I'm sure you could just throw those you know, pieces of bread to the fish or you could just, you know, go through the steps real fast or you could kind of look around. I mean, they they let you it's you don't use the environment any other time. You just get to sit in this really lovely crafted environment and then move on. Which does make me wish, like, I think there's a way they could have done this with this amount of jokes and still some sort of, like, meaningful gameplay. Like, it it, it was fun to be this super wacky, um, su- you know, uh, secret agent. And it does, like... At pretty much as the game goes on, it gets more, it falls apart more and more like who you are, what you're doing, and why you're doing it. And I think that was intentional. Like, I, I think that was a choice for sure. But part of me wishes that they would have actually kept it a lot tighter and kept this kind of like mission format and let me try to kind of accomplish something. And it does kind of have a climax to a degree with like the final mission, but. I don't know. The whole middle part felt really, really disconnected from the first mission and the last mission. It's It goes by so quickly. Like, this game is entirely over in a couple of hours that pacing problems are something that, you know, it's it's understandably probably not, like, their their core thing here. But it is it is a weird game in terms of pace. And uh, Well, it is tricky. Uh, I will say, too, that, um, you know, comedy is uh, – relies so much on timing right mm-hmm. timing is such an element of comedy and this game it is purely up to the player what route they take to a degree um you know how much time they spend in different areas all of the comedy had like had to be responsive to you mm-hmm. instead of being fed to you and some of the funnier games um generally it's like a narrator is really funny or something and and you like you're kind of you're you're like on rails and you're kind of experiencing it. So this whole every joke in this game is triggered by you. And I, I think that limited them to some degree as far as how funny this game could be. Um, but also it's pretty good accomplishment at the same time that it was so funny while like removing one major aspect of comedy. That's really true. It feels like it's almost like prop comedy at times like every every joke is like yeah uh, the jokes are objects they're all you go pick up a prop and then you can do comedy to something carrot top would love this game (laughs) yeah it reminded me of like the animaniacs style of humor or something Mm -hmm. like that you know where it's just zany characters slamming through an insane world and pack in as many laughs as you can yeah and i would contrast it though with like uh, I guess you could also call something like Goat Simulator or I Am Bread uh, or other things like that kind of prop comedy. And I don't particularly find Goat Simulator that, Simulator that funny, but I think it's just because it's it, – and it, it's also slapstick. These are both slapstick. But I think that it's more just sort of like this, this – there, there is a comedian on the other side of this comedy, whereas something like Goat Simulator, it feels a little more just haphazard, like let's see what happens. And – you know, that's well, not always as funny to me. I, but also, like, Goat Simulator and and I Am Bread and all that are just, like, playing with how funny Ragdoll can be. Mm. You know, like, when you play, like, Grand Theft Auto and stuff like that, and you, like, hit a guy with your car and he goes flying and, like, wraps around a pole and you're like, ah, ha, ha, that was funny, because we're all terrible people. Yeah. Um, 
like those games just take that and they're like, what if just being floppy <laughs> this whole game <laughs> is is fun and it can be a lot of fun. I I played some Goat Simulator uh, and it's I mean it, it is so stupid that it's funny. It can, this, it can be. The, I believe yeah. you've opened Goat Simulator during recordings of this I, podcast. There is, if you go back, if you go back, I forget which episode is way back. Yeah, I was I opened and couldn't get out of it. It was it was it was Goat Simulator MMO, which was actually pretty funny. But those aren't jokes. Go, you know, that's a funny situation. Um, I Am Bread has some jokes, but it's not – it's just like, look how silly this situation is. Look how silly this thing is that's happening on your screen. Like, this game has, like, setups and punchlines and, and, and things. It's more the equivalent of, like, a bunch of one-liners. Mm-hmm. It's like Rodney Dangerfield, like, the game. That may be giving it a little much, too much credit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It depends on your opinion on Roddy, Rodney Dangerfield. Airplane. Yeah, yeah. Airplane is not a bad comparison. Um, it's, yeah, it's most a bit of it's stupid, but when it hits, it hits really well. Yeah. So it's out on Steam, but it's also coming to the PlayStation 4, which is partly why we wanted to cover it now. Um, I don't actually think there's a specific date for that yet, but it's pretty clear that that's coming soon. Um, very soon, I believe. They've they've been tweeting about it a lot and everything. So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised even if we see a release date for that in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, it seemed at PlayStation experience, like it was all but done. But then again, I don't know. I'm sorry. See, probably seeing some tiny slice of the thing. Uh, one thing I don't think we've mentioned yet too, is that this was published by adult swim, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They have a, they have a particular, I guess, aesthetic. Um, you know, there it is again. <laughs> they have a particular aesthetic. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't hate them," uh, he said. Uh, he, he doth protest too much. Um, no, like they—they they are the right publisher for this game. They probably put this in front of the right audience. And actually, if you see the uh, the ads that they did for this game, they're hysterical. They did some live action commercials for this game that I guess guess aired on Adult Swim or something. Um, and they're on YouTube. I'll try and put a link in the show notes. And they are they are unsettling but really funny. <laughs> Yeah, I watched one, and I really – I also got super tricked by it because I fired up the game. I was like, okay, not at all like that trailer. Like I didn't look at any screen grabs or anything of this game. All I watched was that trailer and then started playing the game. It is not live action. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> so um, so overall, I would totally recommend this game. It's $15 on Steam. It will probably be about the same on the PlayStation 4. Um with the possibility of multiplayer wedding quake, maybe I will give it another shot. But I would say if you catch this on sale, it's a definite fun way to spend a couple of hours. If you if you catch this on sale, go for it. And even if not... Major regret I didn't play this drunk. Like, seriously, oh, 2 a.m. Yeah. drunk? Like, I would be laughing. I, mean, I think it'd be a good With other game. people in the room. Oh, yeah. yeah. Playing yeah. it alone seemed weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it would have been a lot more fun kind of playing through it with a friend. It's a shame that it's not multiplayer. But then again, how do you do this multiplayer? I think Adult Swim's entire like genre is like they they target stoners, so you should probably be high. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. If you're 16 and super high, go uh, play jazz punk. You know, it's such a shame that I didn't play this game when I was 16. Now, if you're 16, you're not going to get these jokes. I, 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 I don't not disagree. The, not the references about uh, like Goldeneye. But you'll still think it's weird. Hashtag 90s kid. Ugh. Channel your inner 16-year-old. 16-year-old Reagan would have thought this was the funniest thing he had ever seen in his entire life. 
six year old Jaeger be like yelling at me to play jazz punk. Yeah. So Reagan, next week we're playing a game that I know you've already finished and I'm still working on. I just got started with Assault Android Cactus, which was going to be the game that it was one of the three games that was in that little PS4 voting thing that they had uh, last month where they asked people to vote on what games are free on PS Plus. All of you failed me and you didn't vote for Assault Android Cactus and instead voted for Broforce. <laughs> I mean, Broforce is probably pretty good. I haven't really given it much of a try yet, but Assault Android Ca- Cactus is awesome. I-, I picked it up the day that it came out and I intended to give it a quick try, intended to sit down with it for like you know, 15 minutes just to check it out. And I ended up playing for three hours straight. It's a top-down shooter. Um, it's uh, it's a sort of 3D but very bullet hell-y top-down shooter. And it's a lot of fun. It's like really simple and pure and a really fun top-down shooter if you like that sort of thing. And it has local multiplayer. So if you have a friend to play with, um, definitely give it a try. Um, so we're looking forward to talking about that next week. Oh, uh, warning it's a little bit anime. <laughs> are we giving anime trigger warnings? Now? I, yeah, I think maybe we should. Who are you warning that against? He's warning me because I usually don't play that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, wait. I mean, how many people can you date in it, Reagan? Are you? Is there a dating sim built in? No, this? there's none. There's no dating sim. It's just it's just the visual style. It's a top-down shooter. It's like I don't a think I'm gonna. Shooter. I don't think I'm gonna uh, embarrass myself the way that I did when we talked about Freedom Planet. But it is uh, it is a game with a large cast of very colorful anime-inspired or, characters. Or the games where you date all the maids in your mansion. What was that the game <laughs> that you played? Told me about. Listen, I'm going back and deleting whatever episode I mentioned that because I am tired of hearing about it. I <laughs> uh, just it's such a deep mine. It, it just never, it's never not funny. So if you're interested in top-down shooters, give Assault Android Cactus a try. It's out on PC. It's been out on PC for a little while, but the uh, the PS4 version is just out. It may still be on a little bit of a sale if you have PlayStation Plus. And um, uh, spoiler alert, I really, really liked it. It's a really good shooter. And um, I've been your host, Reagan Kelly, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Reagan K, R-A-Y-G-A-N-K, and you can find our show on the web at www.theshortgame.net where you'll find a feedback form as well as all of the show notes and we're also on twitter at underscore short game laura where can people find you you can find me on twitter at laura j nash and nate where can people find you you can find me on twitter at nate stl and shane where can people find you you can tweet at me at 8bitshane And thank you so much for joining us on another episode of The Short Game.